Hi everyone, welcome back to Sparkle on Substack with me, Claire Venus. This afternoon I am joined by Susanna Conway and I am so excited to dive into this chat. I have followed Susanna online for years. Um, as soon as I realized it was a thing that it was okay to follow people online, I think I found Susanna. <laughs> and I've recently connected with her again over on Substack and I thought I would just bring this conversation about online business, creative living, Substack and how it all fits in um, to you guys. I know Susanna will have so much to tell us, but I'll let her lead with an introduction. Hi. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I've been online doing this sort of stuff since 2006. That's when I started blogging, started running my business in 2009, which wasn't an intentional thing. It just kind of happened. And somehow I'm still doing it. Um, I'm a teacher, I'm a writer, I've published some books, and now I'm a substacker, sort of. <laughs> We're going to talk about that because it's not my main gig and I have lots of, yeah, lots of thoughts about that. Yeah, and that's so interesting. We were just chatting a little bit before we started recording about Substack and Susanna let me into a really cool, not secret because she's going to tell you about it, but I was so intrigued by this. So with Substack, as you guys might well know, you can import a mailing list in or you can just start a Substack or you can start a Substack and import your mailing list in later. What did you do, Susanna? I just started from a blank slate. So, and I I think I joined, um, it was last year, it was 2022, probably around the summer. I think, no, I think I joined in the March, uploaded a few posts, old posts on my blog, and then didn't really do much with it. And then in the summer was when I thought, okay, let's, let's take another look because it felt like old school blogging. That was how I came to it. And I just assumed I would be using it in a similar way and, and it would you know, just be a, a place to blog because I was sick and tired of blogging. I haven't done it for years. I'd done it for such a long time. There was nothing really special about it. And then obviously everything got taken over by social media. You know, blogging kind of fell by the wayside. So Substack felt fresh and new and exciting and different. It's something different. Um, so I didn't want to import all of my subscribers, uh, my mailing list subscribers into Substack because the way I run my business my mailing list, which was on Aweber and we've just moved it over to ConvertKit, that's like the, the engine of my business. That's something I've built up over the last 15 years of being online and doing this work. And it's the like the most sacred thing that I have in my business. It's not my Instagram following. I'm not on Facebook anymore. You know, none of that stuff. It's my mailing list because that's where... I can talk to my people, my audience directly is where they've said yes to me being in their inbox. And actually, some of them have been with me for so long that, you know, we have an actual relationship. Like I could name 20 people off the top of my head that I know have taken courses and are on my mailing list and are, are on my bus. You know, I have quite a, I mean, there's a lot of people, but I have quite a personal relationship with the people on my newsletter list. So I have a mailing list of 30,000 people. So to move all of them onto Substack felt like such a presumptuous thing to do. It, 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 I just didn't, it didn't even occur to me to do that. And it's only lately I've seen people, you know, they join Substack and they, and I get emails from them going, oh, look, today we're now on Substack and this many thing. And if you've got a few thousand people on a mailing list, and you import it into Substack and that becomes your replacement, that makes sense. It's free to use and, and until you start offering paid subscriptions. So it's like you're saving money from MailChimp or, you know, whatever you're using. It's, it's a really smart thing to do. 
But for me, it's such a a different way of communicating because even though with Substack you're sending out emails, it's different. It is different. Um, and if I had a launch coming up or something, I might want to email more or less. I mean, I don't email that much, actually. Maybe twice a month. I send out what I call a love letter. I talk about what's going on with me. Again, they're quite personal. And then I talk about my next offering. And I have a lovely rhythm with it. My voice of my newsletters obviously been really honed over the years. Unintentionally, it's just the way it develops. But to suddenly then go, oh, oh, by the way, uh, this is now Substack, so it's going to have a slightly different vibe. I want them to be two separate places. Mm. So rather than have the vanity number of, hey, 30,000 people on Substack, oh, my God, that would have been, wouldn't that have looked good? But that's not the purpose of that sacred mailing list. So I haven't done that. So I started Substack blank slate. Um, I talked about it on Instagram. I think it, I think like 500 people came over. And I'm now at, I was looking at the number, hang on. I'm now at 4,592 people, all subscribers. And I do have some paid subscribers. At the moment, I've got 124. My paid subscriptions have been on pause since the summer. So we can talk about that. But yeah, I paused them because I need a rethink. Um, Yeah, we can talk about that. I didn't want, what am I trying to say? There are so many people now doing Substack and it's become like a job, which is amazing. It's an amazing opportunity, but I already have a very full-time self-employed job. <laughs> you know, Like my business is full-time. So I was coming to Substack thinking, well, maybe I do want to, maybe it's more than a blog. Maybe it can be this, 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 what could it be? People are doing different creations with it. And what could that be for me? So I like launched paid subscriptions on my 50th birthday this year and I said this is what I'm doing and I'm gonna do a little secret podcast and and as you in typical neurodivergent form I have all these ideas but then three months into it I was like this isn't bringing me to life this this isn't where I want it to go so I paused subscriptions luckily only one person asked for a refund which was really kind that everyone else has stuck with me obviously monthly payments are paused year, year payments annual payments are paused until we restart um but I'm feeling into what it could be because I don't I can't make it a full-time job I see your Emma Gannons and your your Marley Graces and they're just like they're doing awesome but for me it's slightly different so yeah I'm, I'm I've got some ideas but even then I don't want to tell you what they are yet because I have this horrible habit of saying I'm going to do this and then I change my mind and I'm really learning to not get so excited that I share and then I have to go oh no actually it's going to be something else like people get really disappointed because they take me at my word and I'm like I'm not trying to put your hopes up but things shift so I'm like I'm working on it I've got some ideas but for now it's still free I'm just doing public posts so yeah. And, the, and the the free is also the freedom, isn't it? You've got that engine room of your business that's worked for you and, and still works and does really well. And you've got this gorgeous, sacred relationship with real people on the other end of email that expect it in a certain way. And then Substack's like this playground of like, okay, well, that's happening over there. That's happening over there. I'm leaning into it. I'm curious. I've tried audio. I'm, you know, I just think that that is the best thing because it's almost like when we lock ourselves into the subscription model 
it's like the biggest decision we've made, you know, online. It's a subscription model, right? So people are going to be coming in and out, signing up to annual, sign up to monthly. It felt, for me, it felt like a big commitment. It felt like I had to be really, really sure and really embodied. And even then, it's a co-created process. And I say that to people. I say, I hope you'll come with me because this is where I'm heading. And depending on what you guys want and how you feed in, it'll depend on where we end up. And that for me has been a really, really beautiful part of starting Substack because I've done this work in person my whole career and not really ever on the internet. Then the pandemic hit and I was curious, you know, and all my work stopped. So that's where it came from. And I do think there is real mileage in just giving yourself space and time and enjoying it like you say if it wasn't lighting you up it's just like oh well there's some space to see what might if well, anything also for me I've got to work out where it fits in with mm. what I already have I mean I've tried doing memberships I've been running for the last three years a journaling membership but that was paid annually and not monthly but that was a very different pricing to what seems to be possible on Substack although I've just recently started following someone who char- charges a lot higher in their subscription numbers, subscription prices. And I'm like, well, that feels a bit better because I can't do what I've just been doing with my journaling club at £5 a month. Like, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So I can see how there's part of Substack that's like paying writers, you know, someone who was a journalist working for a newspaper, and now you're supporting their work with like a low monthly payment. But when you have enough people doing that, it becomes like a sustainable amount of money, like a usable amount of money. But if you've only got 50 people paying you five pounds, it's like, it's a piffling amount of money that's not gonna change anything enough to devote the, the amount of time you might be devoting to it. Do you know what I mean? So it has to be the right the right price for what's going into it. I don't know if I'm saying this right. I, I think can't... you. I think you are because, you know, I have this conversation a lot because there seems to be this version of ourselves that sees what other people are doing and goes well I can do that and it's like yeah but they're at a different stage in their career and we're all coming to it from completely different places you know we're all unique in it but there is that volume that invites somebody to to use it as a job right and go this is my job now and that's beautiful and amazing I'm so grateful that that can happen for them but if you're more hybrid and if you're more curious and if you're just starting out with a smallish online audience this is what I've been saying. It takes a long time to build that up. It does not happen overnight in Substack. Yes, there is potential for growth for sure. And I always teach about growthful joy, joyful growth and say how we can do it and how we can lean into it. But it's work, right? It's not like, oh, I woke up and there was like 10,000 people on my no, list. No, it, like super long game. Long game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Really, yeah. it really takes time. And I think you need other satellites that will feed mm. into the promoting of your Substack, you know, you you can't just open one and be like, hey, it's going to happen. It's not. It's the same as any other thing on the internet. You know, you need um, you need a little bit of social media sprinkling in. It has to all kind of sort of sustain and feed each other. That, I think there's enough people on Substack to have your audience just be from Substack. You know, when I started um blogging properly last year on Substack I my numbers were growing quite quickly because there seemed to be in a way less people so easier to be recommended now there's more people but it's easier to get lost within there so my numbers aren't growing as quickly I mean this is from me doing nothing not actually you know I'm barely on notes I mean this is I still haven't found my rhythm yet and how I can I mean the last two weeks I've had so much on 
behind the scenes work-wise, I haven't written a post and I've wanted to, I've got this one, it's half done. I just haven't had the time to do it. And my intention has been like a weekly post on Substack. If I can do that, let's see if I can get that rhythm going and then we'll see where I am in the new year and maybe I can switch pay subscriptions back on, but I wanna have an, I've got an idea of what the extra little bit could be, not just pay me to support my writing and nothing's gonna change. I wanna give something a little bit extra, but again, the 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 pricing of it has to be in alignment with what I'm what I'm gonna give them. I can't give loads and loads of things for five pounds a month. That's that just that doesn't work. I can't sustain that and that doesn't seem like the right fit. Mm. And again, like we said, but if you've got a hundred thousand followers, mm. you know, it's like it's like Spotify. What's that? Twelve pounds a month? Of course it is, because they've got millions of subscribers so this is where it's it's lovely that Substack started out with five pounds a month brilliant but to make it be something that we can devote our time to and be and get the right amount of money back to be able to pay your rent you know it has to have that balance so yeah, yeah it's, it's, been, it's, it's been it's been yeah. tricky because I want to I wanted to give everything and then I realized oh no but I oh, know to do that I need oh, that's oh, oh, oh. there's been so much indecision it, and, and because so you are to... you already give so much this is the thing isn't this it so is it. when that's people right. are, yeah when people are coming it to it new and going oh this is a way to run a subscription a membership a sacred circle whatever it is this is pretty new to a lot of people that I meet on Substack and chat to and actually when you're already doing it these are the harder conversations to have and this is where people who've like, you know, service-based businesses or coaches that I know have kind of gone, mm, oh, you know, and we've gone backwards and forwards and it's hard. It's really hard because you don't want to be in competition with your own business. And yeah. the subscription model was set up for writers to get paid and to grow really. I mean, they're talking about hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of subscribers. That's what that's Substack's expectation. And obviously it's all shifting and it's all a playground. But as soon as I saw somebody did do video behind the paywall, I was like, oh, well, there's my invitation. But I still was really conscious and careful about being overexposed and how I was going to manage that and plugging too much in. And it's still, yeah, it's still like I'm, I have a lot of monthly reflections around how it's all feeling. Um, I mean, it does feel like a gift. It feels like a beautiful space. And I know I've really connected to your writing on there and felt really compelled to like spend some time with it. And I think as a reader, you know, you write so beautifully and it's such a beautiful invitation and that really fits, doesn't it? You know, we're, we're asking people to just slow down, take a bit more space, read a bit of long form, read it on the app if that's what they're doing. And that's really actually, it's nice for our nervous systems and it's kind of new, you know, everything was like, you've got to do TikTok. And I was like, I went on there and I was like, well, oh, what? You we're know? Going, well, we're going back to what we had, which was mm, blogging, you know. Mm, circling back, yeah. With- blogging in 2006 on my little blogger blogger.com blogspot thing so and that was longer form because we didn't have anything else and then Facebook came in and then it and then all the bits and pieces and noises um I I still think I just want my Substack to be like a blog I don't think Mm. I want it to be a magazine format Mm -hmm. if we look at what some people are doing with with different people different authors different and I'm like okay okay I think I still want it to be well it will always be personal writing you know that that's that's how I write you know whether it's a personal essay or more of a letter format or 
you know, or just a blog format. I think that's how it's always going to stay. What I want to bring in is a little bit of kind of club energy. I will just hint at that. Mm. And um, I'm not pushing, you know, I'm not pushing you no, to I know. reveal it, anything. I can't. I'm 100% I can't behind myself. you. <laughs> it's an illness. Honestly, no, I just want to fill all the beans right now. And then I will get myself into so much trouble. And my VA will be like, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, now I have to, oh, I just want to tell you. But no, I'm not going to tell you. No, no, it's all good. Oh, oh, we're going to just, we're, we're going to shift because <laughs> we we really wanted to dig into your, unravel your year workbooks, didn't we? So okay. we were chatting okay, about that. That's thing to talk about. Let's just be safe and talk about that because I was telling you that me and some creative pals, you know, we download it, we print it. Although this year I've got a new laptop, so I'm not sure how I'll do that, but I will. I'll find you a send way. send you a link, a good printing place in yes. the UK. Yeah, to do yeah. that. That would be actually really nice to do for like a cover or something. Anyway, I'm going off. Yeah, so we do that and we work it through together. We have a little bit of a look. We sit with it over quite a long period, actually, usually about three weeks. And we kind of chat backward and forward. And yeah. I would love for anyone that's new and that hasn't heard of this beautiful piece of work, this offering in the world. I would love you to tell us more about it, Susanna, if you would. It's called Unravel Your Year. I'm actually looking around to see where... Where's last year's? I can show you last. Oh, it's here. It's here. There it Here's is. last year's. Um, so this is how I get them printed out. I go, it's a place online. I'll give you the link. It's um, I get it printed out A5. Mm. So it's a little bit smaller, which I find nicer to write in. Obviously, a bit less space, but I'm not writing essays at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you wait till you see what this year's looks like. Oh my god, everyone's gonna lose it. It's <laughs> cute so last year's was a a little bit simpler because I was in a simpler place um with myself unravel your year so this one is reflections on the year that we're just ending and then the second part is reflections on what's coming so like I believe everything is possible and then we have a little calendar section this year I'm I'm changing that a little bit you can find out what that will be um, but yeah, it's just a way to reflect on the year that's ending, think about the year that's coming, you know, but I've, this this new one that's coming that I will be launching at the beginning of December is, I think, the 15th, the 15th year, which is nuts. And they're always free. The first one I did was like a four page PDF. <laughs> it's really simple. But the energy of that has remained. And obviously there are more prompts and more things to think about. But I think what people like is having the continuity of it's a similar format each year. So each year you can reflect on what you wrote down. And and this one I've really enjoyed. There are some years I don't do it because I've been doing it for so long. You know, you get out of the way of it. But but this this last year, this year we're just ending. So back in December 22, um, I had a section in here that talks that makes you go through each month and jot down key things like a word to describe the month and a key event and what lit you up and da, da, da. so I had a whole section of that and I was reading it back this month while I've been prepping the new one and I was like, yeah, I forgot and it was my little workbook worked its magic because I remembered oh yeah that's what oh yeah I mean I've had quite a, a bit of a shitty year and but it was nice to be able to reflect and of course you always look at the things that you're imagining for the year that's coming and you're like, oh, younger me. Oh, bless you. You know, and they they rarely come about, but sometimes they do. But there will always be like a kernel in there that is seeded something. You know, there's always something, but we can never predict 
And I love the expansiveness of just being asked the questions. You know, I think sometimes it's it's so much about that, isn't it? Like just ask yourself the questions and see. And you'll love this, but I'd filled one in one year and it was before I had my daughter and I talked about what I would feel like when she was here. And then it wasn't that year, it was the year after. So then when I reflected and I spoke about that energy and how I would feel and when she would come and what she would be like. And, um, and then, yeah, then she was here in real life. So, you know, there are magic there is magic in intention setting and magic in being expansive and being asked the questions and I try and do my stuff around career as well but sometimes in that time of year I'm just like I'm just quite sleepy you know so I try and pump myself but then I usually come back to it in spring yeah I've thought about doing a work one I mean there are very good work work work-based ones out there but for me I'm thinking about work all year you know I'm always Mm. assessing and planning and uh, analyzing and you know, tweaking and it's, it's my, I mean, it's my constant joy as well as my constant thought. I love what I do. Um, but I find that that's, that's an ongoing thing, but the, the sort of ritual of making the workbook, well, having the workbook, I mean, I made it originally for myself and then started sharing it. Um, and now it's, it's such a lovely thing to make, to give away, you know, because I get such nice emails from people and, you know, little messages on Instagram and, and people love it so much. And I'm like, well, guys, I bloody love making it because yeah. it's not often, I mean, we create free experiences and, and you know, in business, that's what you do is marketing and that's, you know, that's normal. But to do this, I mean, I do ask for an email address. I mean, for years, I didn't even do that. You could just download it. But now I'm finally, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do ask people to sign up for it. Um, which helps my mailing list, because if you like this sort of stuff, then you're going to, you know, like the sort of stuff I do. Um, but yeah, but it's still nice to have this thing that people look forward to that's free and it will always be free. And I'm like, it's it's a pleasure, mm. you know, it's a total pleasure to make it. I do get help with the design. This year I commissioned an illustrator to do the cover and some of the images inside. Ooh. Everyone's going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. And then I also do my Find Your Word. It's like a little mini course, which is currently now an ebook. Um, and the new thing I'm doing for 23 is I'm going to do some workshops. So when this goes out into the world or, you know, the new version, I'm just holding this because it's tangible. When the new ones come out, I'm also going to do um, a couple of workshops. So just like a two hour long workshops, one on the solstice for unraveling the year that's ending and then one on the 28th in the quiet week between Christmas and New Year to find our words together so perfect you don't need to do the workshops you know I'm giving the stuff away for free but the workshops will be you know a little bit extra me chatting away we'll have a slideshow you've got chat where everyone could share their words and Mm. you know I think that'll be fun so yeah I love that that would be so nice it's such an anchor as well sometimes to have a space holder and all of that depending on what type you know how our feelings are towards the end of the year what we're reflecting on the heavy energy that we might be sat with just UK winter and family stuff you know so to have that like little glimmer is so lovely and I know some people are like oh how do you get your word you know I still haven't got my word and it's already like the 8th of January it's like it's all good it'll come but this will really help it's not a science yeah it's it's not a thing it's not an exam but I mean, I always, I find my words because they, I mean, blimey, I'm not short on words. So that's never a problem. But I did kind of make it into like a little formula because people were asking. So that's how I made the little mini course. It's like a five-day course. And in the workshop, we just sort of, see, it'll be condensed down. 
Um, and you may not come away with your word, but you're going to have lots of thoughts about it. And I think just having something to look forward to is nice. Yeah, it is. Nice. Uh, and I've done a lot of um, Zooming the last couple of years. And so this is my first time doing it as like a little workshop, mm. which is quite exciting. But that sounds really nice. Remind me my, of your word of the year, Susanna. What's your word? My year? Oh, God. Well, my words for this year that yeah. is ending were simplify, mm. imperfect, and ease I had three words and I have nailed those words if I do say so myself yeah. some years I forget you know some years <laughs> last. Well, what was but, it yeah yeah but this year imperfect this is this got me making my own website and I've just I like I've got a canvas subscription and now I'm like oh my god I am all over the internet because I'm yeah it's good yeah so I've been just letting go of the need for things to be perfect because perfect isn't actually a real thing. So that's yeah, been good. And simplify, simplifying lots of things in my business, in my world, just, yeah, they've been really useful. useful. We, we need that. We need that so much because things have become overcomplicated and there are simpler ways, aren't there? There are simpler ways to work. There are simpler techniques to use. There are simpler programs to be plugged in. Sometimes we can try something that might be simpler and it ends up more complicated. We can get rid. Yeah. So yeah, you that's really nice. You've got to go with what you're used to and what works. I think the best thing anyone can do with any kind of business, but especially online is understanding how you work best mm. you know like I got my diagnosis for ADHD last year um and in the in the year since not that much has changed because already so much of the ways I was working and and doing things was done in the ways of someone who has ADHD I just didn't know you know I just thought well everyone's like this turns out they're not although 20 percent of the of the world might be uh, neurodivergent in some form and but how yeah. many and how many creatives this is what I've started wondering oh, it's now be all of them <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, not, we're not gonna diagnose everyone but guys just, gonna, just get ready just get ready no so what had, what had happened is it had started coming in through my kind of cultural sector groups and through work meetings and stuff and my son's neurodivergent and I was like thank goodness somebody else is talking about it because honestly it was like an alien language with his school he didn't fit in any of the boxes that he'd been assessed for and all I could find to try and talk about his needs being reasonable thanks to Catherine May for that was my son's neurodivergent please can you listen please can you help please can we just take a step back and so I'd gone through all of that with him um just before the pandemic and I was I was really, really struggling, you know, I was like, oh my God, this world, like, and he's just, you know, just little and what do we do? And then all of a sudden this influx of, yeah, like almost like confessional, like, oof, like, thank goodness, you know, we found each other, we found this, we found this out, we dismissed it, we couldn't possibly, but then we looked at it and we were like, oh, we are, like, how how does it all fit? What do we do differently? Um, yeah, it was like coming home for me, like just especially because it was around the pandemic when all of that language started being used more readily and I was so ready for it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think this is possibly the best thing that's come out of TikTok. Mm. is you know which then feeds into Instagram is the sharing of information in Mm. this way because I never in a million years would have thought ADHD was applicable to me because that's what little boys have in the who are noisy in the classroom you know it's like that stereotyped idea of what it could be so I mean I I just thought yeah I'm just a bit of an overthinker you know I'm 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 quite witty and funny but not always in a good way like I can be a bit but I was like but that's just that's just how I am 
But it was through seeing a video on um, YouTube. This guy was talking about how uh, the usual productivity advice is actually really crap if you've got ADHD. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it. For some reason, I clicked play. And everything he described was me. I'm like, oh, oh shit, maybe, maybe. So, of course, fall down a rabbit hole, find out more information. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty convinced this is me. Oh, so I booked in an appointment to sit, to have a, t- um, a an, um, what's the word? A an test. assessment, yeah. An assessment, thank mm. you. Um, went privately because the waiting lists in the UK are horrendous. Yeah, yeah. And um, had to fill out lots of questionnaires to have my family do it as well. And, you know, did a really thorough background stuff first. And then I had the assessment on Zoom for about an hour and a half. And he cut, kept the psychiatrist at the end. He was like, yeah, no, you've got a fairly, fairly strong case of ADHD there. And he's like, and you've done really well. But the thing is there's it's it's not about intelligence it's just because I'm successful in my business that's not a sign of of having it or not having it in a way because when he was you know asking me well how do you do this or how do you do that or are you ever late for appointments or you know and I was showing him all the tools that I used to stay on top of things and actually in my business I've found ways to to be fairly efficient and get stuff done but it's in my more personal life where I just fall apart most of the time, mm-hmm. but you don't see that. And it, it's so it's, yeah, it's nothing to do with intelligence, none of that stuff. It's just, for me, I have um, a, a combined type. So the hyperactive stuff, which is all internal in my brain, mostly in my thinking, and also the, um, the other one that I can't think of the word of inattentive. Mm-hmm. So I've got a little bit of both or well, strong, strong 50, 50 of both. But I think, especially women my age, I mean, like I said, I've just turned 50. Um, my generation, we we weren't even seen at school, you know? And if I did have a strong part of the inattentive side, I mean, I was very daydreamy. I was very interior. I've always been highly imaginative. You know, I left school wanting to go to art college. Like I knew the creative world was going to be my world somehow. And it meant that I did all right at school, but I wasn't the the top student, but I wasn't the the lowest student either. So I got by. But then, but I was so interior, which is, you know, for me, a part of it, like inward thought. Mm, The Uh, introspection stuff. Yeah, a lot of introspection. Um, But then I also had some depression. And, you know, that when there are, obviously, it's not just this definite, I am this, this, Mm. I mean, it's a big old, you know, cloud. It's not even a spectrum. It's just like a fuzzy cloud of possibilities. Um, but yeah, but finally, but having this diagnosis and I wanted to get it or not get it, depending on what he, the psychiatrist would think. Because first of all, I thought I wanted to try medication, which I haven't been able to do because I've had other health stuff going on. So I am still continuing to do my whole world unmedicated. So, you know, I think I'm doing the, pretty well. The way, the way that you've always done and the way you can well, reflect have, now. Like, to, to, in to, that to way, yeah. Go, yeah, I, I'm Nothing doing it. But there are these things that actually sometimes I struggle with. And now there are all these people talking about how it can be easier if you plug in slightly different tools or I think mean, about in different ways. I won't lie, yeah. it's quite hard when I hear about talking people talking about the medication, right? I would like to try. Yeah, yeah. My friend, my friends, um, my friends had it recently, like in the last six months, and she called me and it was like she was just like, oh wow, <laughs> you know, and you just go, I'm so pleased for her, you know, it's amazing. But 
I'm going, oh, 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 okay. So you're just seeing the yeah. whole the world in a completely and different I, I way. Can't, yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine it. And yet, but yeah, I know there are side effects as well. Mm, like, yeah. But it's also at my age, I'm like, is it going to be a good thing? Because I already struggle with sleep and I'm taking HRT, which helped with my sleep struggles as I'm perimenopausal. So if I then factor in, this stimulant medication, which is going to wake up the bed of my brain, I need woken up, brilliant. But then if I can't sleep, that's all going to get cancelled out. It is pointless. If I can't sleep, I am, you know, I'm not going to be able to function. So it doesn't matter how switched on my brain is. My brain is too switched on. So I think with the medication, it would it would kind of quieten it, more singular focus and all of that stuff's going to be completely lush. But if I can't sleep, then it wouldn't work. I mean, I've read people of a similar age were women actually who've said tried it can't get on with it so I'll just carry on as I am and I think that's Um, it isn't it just that whole leaning into what feels good for us and I'm so curious about all of that space I've loved all of your blogs that you've written about perimenopause and like how that is all fitting I'm 42 and I'm definitely in it like entering it yeah so it's (laughs) like for me um it feels like an opportunity to get wise you know to not just sort of reflect on the experiences of my grandma my mum but to just lean into all of these amazing women like you who are talking about it and then also into like okay like maybe what was before is finished and I need to have a lot more chamomile tea than coffee I mean I already know I do I drink far too much coffee um you know I don't think chamomile tea is going to save the world but it's like the balance isn't it I just feel like if I'm just leaning into balance and I'm listening and I'm understanding more and more and more um that'll help you know yeah I think perimenopause I mean I could we could do a whole other podcast on that (laughs) Um, I didn't know anything about it when I started getting some symptoms and I had the assumption that oh it will happen in my 50s it's not mm, same yeah. no one said oh no it'll be pretty much all of your 40s mm. I never bothered to mention that so my shittier symptoms started around 44 45 um, and I had a few years of barely sleeping which nearly broke my business as well so as hard. Um, and at no point did any doctor say, what's happening with your periods? You know, mm. any change? Like no one, no one even mentioned Also, oh, they just compartmentalized the lack of sleep as like a separate. Oh, no, I did. I did like two years of trying to figure out, have I got sleep apnea? Right. Wow. Different, um, medications, trying supplements, going the natural route. I mean, changing all my bedding. Is it an allergy? Just all of the things. And again, no doctor said well, you know, how's your menstrual cycle? No one. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until my my big moment was being in Marks and Spencer's, going to buy some food and nearly passing out because I was so tired and so wrecked and nearly passed out. And I thought, oh, something is going on here, something really, really bad. And I need help because I can't white knuckle this anymore. I don't know what it is. And obviously I'd seen... Um, mentions of perimenopause I remember one time I talked about it in one of my love letters in my newsletter um, and someone wrote back and said oh yeah it's probably perimenopause and I'm like no it's not no I'm too young for it to possibly be that and I was like I mean I didn't say this to her obviously I'm glad she said it but I'm like no totally rejected that idea this is when I was probably 44 Um, and she was absolutely right on the money and it's exactly what I would say to someone now but like it's probably perimenopause you might want to yeah 
And thank thank God, thank God we are saying it to each other. I went to the spa with my yoga teacher, who's a similar age to me, and she's been into sort of the, all of the feminine side of yoga and womb yoga and just very, very connected to like beautiful teaching spaces with lots of old women. And I was like, Lucy, <laughs> there's some things that have happened. One of them's rage. There's been a lot of rage, you know, and I just spoke openly and I was like, why doesn't anyone talk about it? And she went, Claire, I feel like I talk about it all the time. And I'm like, maybe I just wasn't listening. Maybe I wasn't able to hear it. Maybe I just thought it was much later, you know, so there is definitely yeah. this in-between space of just going, oh no, but that's not for me. And actually the, the, the quicker we can get our heads around it, because when it comes, it just literally knocks you sideways and you're like, what, on, what on earth is coming out? Like what is something being unearthed? And a lot, the, the, a lot, yeah. the positives as well, obviously, like I still have so many bouts of creativity that are just like so sacred and so beautiful. But yeah, the other bits, there's been some slightly unnerving bits. And I just it's, think it, it ebbs and flows though. That's the thing. Mm. I mean, we've only got to the point now I feel where younger women are talking about their periods. They've got their period yeah. apps, they're cycle tracking, they're talking mm. about their luteal, blah, blah, yeah. blah, my spring. The spring and also, the winter and all those, yeah. Spring, amazing. You know, mm. like that's finally feeling quite established. There are lots of books about it now. It's all very cute and lovely. Brilliant. Um, the menopause is is what's changing now. I feel like our generation, or maybe are we in the same generation? Claire? I'm, four, I'm forty two, so yeah. I'm like I'm a few you years spoke, above you in school. But when you spoke about school, that's my experience of school as well. You know that kind of yeah. it's so spacious. You're allowed to be creative. You're allowed to daydream. Creative creativity was really valued. And obviously, watching my son, he's nine now. I'm just like, oh my goodness! Like, can someone? thank him for his beautiful art because it is incredible he's an incredible artist he gets that from his dad like the technique side today's amazing at art but you're just like why is creativity just not a thing like in school what's wrong with this country I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole but I mean yeah I feel like the space the spaciousness yeah yeah, we'll we'll do a few we've got time (laughs) some stackle host them for free it's all good um yeah so yeah that space a spaciousness that you spoke about in school and then how that set the tone and how that's still setting the tone for you to take up space and give yourself permission to lean into your own creativity and have it as a job as well. kind of in, yeah but they, it wasn't I went to a girls grammar school okay you know and I was never particularly academic so I hid in the art room you know it's not that they were all oh they they weren't championing it championing it mm. but I think I always had quite a clear idea of the direction maybe not where I was headed but the direction because I, I couldn't think of of any other thing to do like mm-hmm. I've always been arts the artsy girl you know that was always me and and that's never changed and now I know that so much of that actually is part of my neurodivergence because I have this brain that makes all these associations but it doesn't just do it with creative cool worky wordy luscious things no no it'll be about everything you know so I'm constantly overthinking um I can't switch it off it doesn't you know I can't control it um, but with the perimenopause stuff, now women are talking about their periods. That's awesome. Mm. And now our generation or the stretch of our generation, we've got Louise Newson, you know, doing her thing. And let's all talk about HRT. And that's really awesome. Hers was the clinic I actually went to um, after the m and institu- um, <laughs> incident <laughs> when I nearly passed out. I got home. I got online, I tried to get an appointment and I got one like a week later and I actually went up to there because this is when they just had one clinic. Okay. 
in I can't remember where it is but I went up and just cried just cried with the doctor I said I am that's it yeah absolutely destroyed um and I don't know what to do so that's when she put me on estrogen and progesterone and within a few weeks I started feeling not it's not a magic Mm. um like if you have a lot of hot flushes going on estrogen actually can help that really quickly Mm. I've never really had that like there are like 36 possible symptoms okay and you get your own little cocktail of whatever you're going to get I think if you have particularly bad PMS you're likely to have quite bad uh, perimenopause which is what I had always had dreadful dreadful PMS so it kind of explains why that was so bad for me I couldn't really ask I asked my mum but she had a hysterectomy Mm. and she did go on HRT back in the 80s but again it was a different formulation it was like a different world this is the modern world now you know, it is very safe to take HRT. And actually there are so many benefits to it. With the estrogen, I take it through my skin. Mm. You know, it's not metabolized through me. So that's mm. a better, safer way to take it. So there's all of this stuff and there's still a lot of misinformation out there. But I do sleep better. I don't sleep perfectly because I'm neurodivergent. Oh, that's part of my problem. I now understand. So again, the the things that I've learned about having ADHD in the last year are not just, you know, how I do my to-do list. I've got that stuff down. Mm. My little, it doesn't look organized from the outside, but I know what I'm doing because I've had all of these years to suss that out. Mm. But it's things like, oh, that's why I can't sleep. And this is why I find cooking so hard. And because I know how to cook. But there's a post I did on Substack recently talking about how I couldn't make the, the soup. soup. <laughs> soup. Right? And it's like, guys, it's not about the soup. Mm. It's about the millions of micro decisions that not just with cooking, but with everything. Mm. You know, it's with you ha- with a brain that is working at that level of, of magnitude. And it's genius really- and creative genius, I must say. It's great. <laughs> Some of it's really shit. You know, there's, yeah, there's a lot. To- yeah so that's been great ironically to know you know I often say it's like I've been doing this jigsaw for all these years and now someone gave me the cover Mm. and I know what the picture is making oh and so much makes sense and there's been a huge period of grieving as well because I look back at me in my 20s and even into my early 30s and so many decisions that were made things that happened behaviors oh oh my god I I could write a book about it there has been so much so much understanding why dating has been so hard for me there's lots of additional bits to ADHD that I have woven in you know it's not just this very set um, experience there are so many variations on it Um, and it's just just having that information makes me just more forgiving of myself you know it's it's just oh that's why that happened that's why I did that I'm very impulsive Mm. and now I know why and I would never have said that about myself I'm an introvert I like being at home Mm. I'm not gregarious and yet I can be it will exhaust me but I can be um if we met in person you would be laughing your face off because I am very good company but it, but then I'd need two days to recover, you know. Yeah. So it's like, well, am I an introvert? Oh no, I'm. I've got ADHD. Oh, so there's been so much more 
personal insight and this is for someone who's already very inward looking mm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh it's yeah it's been great so I'm more than happy to write about it mm. and so yes coming back to Substack my three because I know I want it to be bloggish it's still going to be bloggish letterish you want, not, do you want to share your Substack right now Susanna should we do that should we screen yeah, share because sure. I was saying to Susanna, I love the look and feel of Susanna's Substack. And obviously, when you read in the app, you don't get that sense of what the website looks like. But if you read yeah. on the desktop, you do. Or if you find it for the first time on the desktop, you do. So I would just love you to just like talk us through your thought ways. process. Yeah, that'd yeah, be so I nice. Like, I like making the um, the site look nice. But I've also, I don't read it on my phone, but I've bought myself a mini iPad. Love it. So nice for reading the Substack app on. You know, that would be my recommendation, actually, because I can't get on with Kindles. But Kindle app and Substack app on a mini iPad. Amazing. Amazing. Really nice. Okay, let me show you. Jump over. I'm going to share the screen. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super simple. It's nothing fancy pants. And actually, I need to redo this welcoming um, thing here, this main pinned post, because that was, yeah, that needs a bit of an update. Um, when I first put it together, I actually had a very faint grey background. Okay. I thought that looked quite nice. But then it's so much easier having it just be white, nice and clear. Um, I it's, usually... kind, it's kind of like a canvas, isn't it, yours? Like, especially with that middle picture. Is that are those graphics or is that wallpaper on that middle picture? Oh my god, can you imagine? No, yeah. that's not. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. That's, that's me in my lounge. Mm. Um, no, those are uh, little illustrations that I had. Lovely. Um, Zara Kitten Chops put on for me. She's a, a designer, um, and lovely, lovely person that I've collaborated with a few times. So that I asked her to just put some doodles on that mm. kind of encapsulates my brain. And this was before my diagnosis. So, yes, there's always been a bit of self-awareness there. That's beautiful. Um, my photography, I mean, I'm, I'm a trained photographer, so I always have pops of colour in my pictures. That's just how I shoot things, you know, so that's that's nothing new. What I've done, so my layout at the moment, I've got, uh, I don't have different sections, but at the top here, I've got my three tags. Mm -hmm. But these are like my three key topics that I'm writing about currently. So creative living is quite a broader place, midlife and neurodivergence. I mean, I think creative living probably has the most. That's a kind of catch-all tag. But then neurodivergence is following up because I don't mind talking about this the more Mm -hmm. I discover the more I want to share that has been the thread through everything I've written about online that's what my book is about you know I just talk about my experience so other people feel less alone you know and you may not have ADHD but there's going to be bits in here ADHD is like a collection of um, human behaviors but it's turned up to a thousand but when people say oh you know about ADHD well, no, you're saying so you, you have it if you have it all the time and you always had and it's chronic and it's sometimes a problem. That's when it can be a diagnosed thing. But some of the behaviours you may do as a human. So they're going to be pieces in here like procrastination, like stuff like that. You're going to you will see yourself. You may not see the entire the, my entire experience as your experience, but there will be bits in there that hopefully, you know, will speak to you. Mm. The midlife stuff is, I mean, as you can see, it's not that big at the moment. All of this kind of crosses over, really. But I quite liked the idea of having 
these sections which I'm doing it through the tagging tagging mm. thing now, so and that, for a reader as well like in that bit that I was explaining where I'd sort of gone to the spa with my yoga teacher if I'd known like that midlife section existed in your work and, and I could just read I would have just binge read all of those you know and sometimes I think it's us getting better at telling people that exists isn't it and reminding people oh I've got a whole section on this or like the ADHD as well some people just I know I'm going to send that over to like my friend actually um to read more on because it's like otherwise it's just the whole internet isn't it and so just being able to stay with one person who you've got this like nice cozy online relationship that you feel has compassion you can kind of dive in and spend some time with it of of a Sunday afternoon if you want yeah yeah, I love a I love a bit of a binge. Well, I forget that people don't always look at the website. I mean, mm. I'm at the moment on my desk I have a laptop and I have my big computer. So I'm a, I'm a very screen person. But you're right, when you're looking at it on the app, you don't see all of the other stuff that's there. Mm. Um but again, I'm 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 always going to be old school. I love a I love a website. Going on. Um, and you've tried I, some some audio bits as well, Susanna? I have I do have so the podcast was where I was doing my original paid for subscription stuff. So I think there's a there's a couple there that are free, and then there's three that are that were for the paying subscribers, um, which I did enjoy doing, but it's just not quite. It hasn't fitted in yet. I haven't mm. found my sweet spot, and I would, and I want to because I am enjoying Substack. I like hanging out on Substack, you know. So, but I need to just, and also I need to do it in a way that is more flexible. If I say, right, every month I'm going to make you a podcast and then that next month I don't want to do it for whatever reason, that that traps me. And then I either can't do it, won't do it, feel resentful about it. All these feelings that I shouldn't have about making a quick audio. Mm. So now that I have this understanding of, okay, well, I work best when I have freedom to do things on a whim or impulsively, which could mean I create an entire course in a weekend but I need to have freedom and flexibility. So when I next announce the the future of my paid for side of Substack, that freedom and flexibility is going to be woven into it so that people are, so, so they're not hanging out for me to do this one thing that I promise that I'm going to do every month. It needs more flexibility and I want to make sure I find a way to do it. And because I've been doing my journaling club for the last two and a half years consistently I'm like huh there's some clues in there so yeah so we'll see we'll see but it needs to be woven in not as an extra thing it needs to be like a key thing that I do if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. it has to be not just an extra oh yeah I should do that because no 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 if if I'm going to do Substack, it has to be woven into the offerings mm-hmm. in a way that is more sustainable for, for my energy levels. So, and, and for you, if a reader finds you and they've never found you online, because that's completely possible, right? What I've I don't have a big online social media audience, but what I've found is lots of Australian people found me all at once. Some Americans, you know, Substack was bigger in America than it was in the UK when I first started. They liked my accent. <laughs> I was just like, oh, uh, that's having the accent yeah. thing. So if a reader finds you, what do you want them to do? Like, do you want them to come over to your business website eventually and like spend more time with you and courses? Are you happy for them to hang out here? Have you thought about let's, it? Let's look at my about page. Um, I would love them to join my other mailing list, actually. Mm. This again, this is where it's having a little bit of thought about well, what is the purpose of this? Because like, I've done trips and 
bits and bobs of blogging over the last few years and it's never really taken off because I was too involved in social media and so if I'm going to do this I want to I want it to have energy behind it not just a occasional but then it gets forgotten thing I hate that so on my about page we've got a picture of me we've got two of my books I'm a writer I'm a teacher so we've got my standard little bio what I'm doing what I'm doing on Substack and the things that I'm talking about here. So that's cool. And then at bottom, at bottom here, paid subscriptions are paused. And then my website, Instagram, and all of my creations. When they click on that one, it's a page on my site that lists all my stuff, like my free stuff, my workshops, my courses. Mm-hmm. But what I've been doing, let's oh, let's get into the nitty gritty of what I've been doing. Did I put it on this one? I can't remember. Let's have a look on this one. So post. This was more of a letter. Um, oh, this is when you were talking about, yeah, where you'd lived and stuff. I remember this one. Oh, that's not the one. On some of them, I've been putting um, a link to sign up for my main newsletter. Mm-hmm. It always goes on the posts that go out to the app because I have it in the footer of the template. Yeah. And actually, I figured out that if, the, if I put, I, it was basically a screen grab of the freebie and some text and I would put it in the post but then when that went and when you see it in the app the the text wasn't resized to make mm. it so I realized okay to do that I have to have have it in my template not put it on the web I have to go in after this has been published and then put this in let's see if I can actually oh, okay yeah because That's, I really I love all I love all the workarounds I did a workshop yeah. on headers and footers and we were yeah. all like Oh, it made everybody look at their stats first to see who was reading in the app and who was reading um in email, right? Because obviously in email, the headers and footers come through in the app, they don't on the website, they don't. So yeah, yeah. everyone was like, oh, what do I, how do you, it's, you know? It, you just got to spend a couple of hours mm. checking these things. Because whenever I send out a post, I look at it on the app, I look at it mm. in my inbox. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's legible, blah, blah, yeah. blah work and all of that stuff that's a Did great I, photo to, there we go oh my god finally. there it is oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing here um that has a little mock-up of the ebook that's free and i've got a button here when you click on that so that's an image and oh, then people clicks. can click oh on it oh my god does that not click through to the thing it, i think it i think it will i think it's just maybe because it's it's yours and you're logged in ah because when I check, I think it will. Normally, when you click that, because I've linked that, maybe I can mm. put it on it. Anyway, the idea is when it works, oh my God, it will click you through to a sign up page. Yep. Get the free ebook, and then you're added to my main mailing list, mm-hmm. not on Substack, on my actual love letters list. Yeah. That is actually where I want people to be ultimately, because then I can chat to them and tell them about the things that I'm offering and making. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I have this in the template that the emails get sent out in and it goes to the um, app. But but I had to put it in here separately. But I'm wondering if I haven't maybe added a link to that. That might be maybe possible. it could be, but it might just be because you're logged in and it's it goes a bit funny sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. So but, but that's a it. really, really good way of doing it, though. That's just, so good. Never know. But yeah, but having having a little extra thing, not just a. You can see here with the footnotes and I linked mm. to Caroline's thing and that's really cool. But 
having an actual visual thing there. Yeah. But it looks like it's sort of in the style of the pose. It's in the style. It's branded up. And also it just break it just breaks your concentration for a minute and invites yeah. you in, doesn't it, to, to well, then just... take that take that action. That you know, all the yeah. stuff around give people one thing to do. Well, that's quite hard when you're neurodivergent because you just want to give them a lot. Well, so I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it depends if you said yeah, I mean, that's a whole marketing thing. With mm. this, I've got some sometimes links to posts that I've already written so always mm. good to think around to what you've done this is a, a roundup post anyway yes to people oh, in Louisa, yeah. that I've read mm-hmm. that was really cool and then a thing on YouTube and books I'm reading and you know just mm-hmm. a nice little little foxy in my garden I love this amazing they're so you know, amazing and then they? at the end there's the link if it works mm-hmm. to my freebie and then also the footnotes um things like that because the unraveled heart because it's not a standalone business i just want to keep you on substack because this is a, an extra piece of my entire ecosystem mm-hmm. which is i mean my main job is teaching creative courses online that is my number one job that is what i've created so substack at the moment is a kind of it's supporting that a little bit but i'm i'm i almost want to nurture that as a as a, a piece an integral piece of the ecosystem mm-hmm. but to do that i have to move some energy from over here from my courses and my workshops and that a piece of that energy that goes there has to be given to substack so i can't just do it oh, occasionally mm-hmm. i'm either going to do it or i'm not going to do it mm-hmm. because i i have limited energy i have limited spoons as they say mm-hmm. so at the moment i'm still in the kind of liminal space of working out what is this going to look like? Like, yeah. am I going to go all in and make it like a core piece of something I offer? Or is it just going to be an occasional? But I'm, you know, at, at the moment, my way of doing Instagram is very occasional. You know, I've just gone off it completely. It's too noisy. I'm a bit bored with it. I've been doing it for, what, 10 years? Yeah, yeah. We do what I want to move on to the next thing. My yeah. engagement is really low there. No one sees what I share. You know, it's just gone off the boil. It's mm. changed. And these things mm. do. I mean, I've been doing all of this. I'm coming up to 15 years in January. So I have seen so many things change and evolve mm. and you drop something. I used to be like daily on Flickr. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it changes. Um, but at the moment, Substack is having a moment and that's brilliant. It is, it, having, a, it is having a moment, isn't it? it I'm, is. glad, I'm glad you said that, Suzanne, because that's what I feel having been there when it was really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> April 22, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was quite cosy because yeah. it was like, what is it? What, yeah. Is it and and it, yeah and it yeah. was just like okay just it's just a space and there's some nice intentions by the founders and there's a few staff there now and it's a cool startup and that and then uh, yeah the energy's taken off and it's a really interesting space to spend creative time I think and to give us give ourselves that kind of permission to go we're not machines we're not going to be subscription machines at five pound a month we might have a seasonal offer it'll still be whatever it is a month the monthly yeah. might go up to 30 to 40 40 to 50 like membership this is what I said to a colleague who also teaches on Substack I was like you know memberships are not five pounds a month like we don't offer memberships of five pound a month that's not a model that would have ever sustained anybody especially not in a cost of living so I'm always so conscious when people are like I really want to turn on paid I'm like 
yes, I get that. I get that. But let's just spend some time. Let's spend a lot of time working out what that is for you because it's different for us all. And I think that somewhere along the line, it got lost. Uh, You know, it was a platform for writers to be paid with big numbers of subscribers. The five pound is like a tip jar at that level when you've got enough people doing it. But if you're moving into offering more things and making Mm. it dynamic, then Mm. it has to be priced accordingly. Because also when things are such a low cost, I always think they feel like they have very little value. Mm -hmm. You know, like people could take it or leave it sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like, okay, well, what am I going to get for a fiver? How good Mm. is it going to be? Like how much energy are you going to put into it? Oh, I don't know. But if I'm paying 20 pounds a month, I'm like, all right, I have an expectation. You to engage. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's so interesting, all of that space around value and what we value and how many subscriptions we can physically plug into wholeheartedly you know because we don't want to just subscribe for subscribing sake do we to support people it's great to support people but you know it needs to be that conscious connect doesn't it and that kind of exchange of our energy with their energy we want to absorb what they're doing so yeah I've got a a few people that I pay to subscribe to Hmm. really just because I love their writing you know like they might occasionally do a little extra thing but I am really just I really enjoy your writing um I value it personally so I'm I'm happy to subscribe I mean, to, yeah yeah you know? I like that. And then, yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of someone else that gives extra bits and bobs well I had I had Kate Flanders on the pad- podcast in the summer and um Kate offers some extra bits and bobs but again you know I didn't have an expectation really for her to offer those extra bits and bobs I just really liked our books and what she wrote and I would love that she was on Substack so that was my intention you know to support her work and do that and then she does offer the bits and bobs and I think you know the first time I was like I have to go and you know I just sort of sort the childcare, and it was like right I'm you know and then afterwards I was like okay like I could catch the replay or I could let this one go you know I I knew my intention my intention was to support Kate to support her work to read our work behind the paywall and then if I could make a workshop great and I think that's it isn't it like we just it's meeting people where they're at meeting our readers and sort of seeing where they're at and you've obviously had this beautiful experience of running this journaling course online which sounds incredible I mean I did a journaling course of yours and I just I mean I just wasn't expecting it to be that deep Suzanne I was like wow I'm in I'm in I'm all in I've gone in and I mean it was life-changing I loved it you know it was gorgeous it was years ago um and I hadn't really done anything online before I was quite new to that space of like learning online so yeah it was um it was definitely a welcome experience um I loved it so yeah this is it I'm so used to making a six week or a four week course Mm. you know and now my stuff is not just written and photography you know photography but I'm not making loads of videos or slideshows or Mm. you know there's and and Substack gives you that space to also host those sorts of things I see people are hosting courses on Substack now not just about Substack but using it as a hosting platform which is also awesome but I think we've got to still keep figuring out if it started as a way to have a tip jar for writers, mm. now we can have audio, we can have video, we can have secret membership things, we can have like, all those bits. Is you got to, I think, decide well, which way am I going to use this, mm. and and kind of not look at what everyone else is doing. You yes. know, I see people thinking I've got to make this big, you know, um, cabaret to keep everyone entertained, and it's like well, actually, no, you don't because. Mm. Um, we we it's, we're not just subscribing to you. We're subscribing to twenty other people, maybe more. You know, and suddenly your inbox is this chaotic, noisy space. Mm-hmm. 
So I love it when people are like one post a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know that on Tuesday, oh yeah, I'm going to just enjoy reading mm. that on my mini iPad. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, you know. And I don't feel overwhelmed by that. And then on Wednesdays, I get so and so's. Hey, so I'm loving when people are consistent, which tells me I would like to have that consistency. And consistency doesn't mean daily or even weekly, but it just means regularly predictable. Yeah. Um, and I haven't achieved that yet because. Whenever I'm busy, like at the moment, I was getting my Black Friday offer ready and now I'm working on the workbook for everyone and doing all of that stuff takes time. And I haven't had a, enough spaciousness to be able to finish the Substack posts that I've been working on. So I've been quiet for two weeks. And, you know, we'll be so ready to receive that. You know, when you, when you, we'll be so ready. This is the thing. I think we, you know, tell us, like, I've got some on draft and they just ended up being too complicated and they've been there for months and maybe they'll never see right? a bit of day. Yeah. And I'm just like, actually, that's okay. Like, I enjoyed the writing process. I don't, I didn't feel compelled to post or schedule and I haven't. And they're pretty finished, yeah. you know, but it's, sometimes it's that, isn't it? It's the dance of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you do it beautifully. So, yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Well, so I try. Welcome. I have a You're lot so of welcome. posts. I have a lot of posts that are half written. I keep it, I use Scrivener, which is why I always do all my oh, writing. Oh, yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, I've got quite a few half written ones that I want to finish off, but I'm still trying to fathom. I was getting a little bit seduced by all the writerly people on Substack. You know, there's a lot of um, the personal essay. And I'm like, do I, do I write that? Or can I just write blog infused letters because mm-hmm. that's my favorite mm-hmm. that's that I just want to write from the heart as I always do and and it's kind of like an ongoing saga for the last 15 years <laughs> I, just, I kind of want to just be in there rather yeah. than you know writing an essay with quoting someone else or and I'm like I'm not doing it in a kind of literary form mm-hmm. I don't really want to do that so I never have done mm-hmm. but you can't help but see what other people do or see a class or and and you think oh should should I no, I don't want to. I don't mm. want to do that. Yeah, so. that's it. That's the answer, isn't it? That's the answer because yeah. I think if we're on fire when we're on the keyboard, feeling like this, I'm in my zone. You know, it's all flowing out. Whether that's get gets published or not, like that's what we're meant to be doing. I don't think we're meant to be being influenced by other people on there. I mean, it's great that they're on there, and it's great that we get to read their work if we want to. But yeah, I feel like it's about the person, like the personal exchange with your yeah. readers, with Substack as the vehicle. Because yeah. actually, oh, they absolutely. they don't they don't mind who's doing what and they're doing that. You know, it's yeah. all a big sort of lovely yeah. sort of ice cream shop of lovely things, isn't it? Have sprinkles yeah. on if you want, no problem. <laughs> yeah, gluten free wafer. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. I'll have a coffee but... after mine. No, I better not. I better not. <laughs> but no, you're right. That's exactly it. I think because Substack is having its moment mm. and everyone has tips and tricks and thoughts about it that we are seeing if we're looking. Um, I think it just boils it boils back down to well, what are what's right for me mm-hmm. as the communicator, and also because I do know my audience really well. You do. Mm-hmm. I think a large chunk of who's following me on Substack will be following me at other places as well. You know, like I know that a lot of people have come through Substack, but I still know like probably everyone who signed up to be a, a paid subscriber is going to be on my love letters list and they've probably done a course and you know I recognize so many of their names mm, so it's mm-hmm. still like my core audience my my people mm. um and so yeah I just want to bring I just want to be thoroughly me there yeah um, and I want to we'll find a way to do it 
consistently, predictably, regularly, but with spaciousness and freedom. I'm not um you will but you, but you, i just i just know you will i mean we've got we're coming towards the end of the year aren't we so we're in this really reflective space and it's the time isn't it it's the time for going okay that was that in the year that was that bit of the year and now i'm reflecting on it and you've got that gorgeous tool to do it i'm going to get one printed as well this year because it's Dude, I'm between the pages a5. that's the way a5 um yeah, so we'll see what happens in well, yeah, 2024 and beyond. But, uh-huh. but thank you yeah. so much yeah. for sharing all of your insight around the way that you approach internet life, Substack, being online. Are you on TikTok as well? There was like a little hint of t- TikTok. Jesus, no. <laughs> Actually, I do have an account. I was on, I've never shared anything there because God, no. Um, <laughs> but I, for, for like a hot minute, I was doing that. But then I kept going down weird rabbit holes and we're like, oh, no, I, I don't want to see that. Oh, God, it was it was too much. It was so unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, you think yeah. my brain would like that. But no, I'd, I'd end up I'm like, I just want to look at kittens, man. That's all I want. And I'd sure, end up looking- sure with that. Yeah, no, there's, there's, I, 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 I think I'm sure I've spoken about this before, but I ended, ended up down a rabbit hole of jet washing and I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> I, I, mean, get out. Sounds- I was like, I just can watch it. I need more jet washing. <laughs> That sounds like quite calm. I was once where people were like, like squeezing spots that seemed really big but you know people were like you've got to let the algorithm learn you and I was like I don't want to I, I, I was just always I don't... oh no I was just favoriting the kitten videos and it didn't kittens. work no oh, no, I, no I don't like TikTok at all no, but okay. but then when I found when I found the ADHD stuff obviously I'm like oh my god that's me but yeah it's too that's actually too random and mm. too noisy mm. I always have my phone on silent I look at yeah. Instagram on silent mm-hmm. you know I don't need lots and lots of noise if I'm going to listen to something it's going to be my choice it's a podcast I've chosen or music I've chosen you know I keep my internet world actually quite quiet yeah, as same. much as I can yeah. um, and when I'm when I'm writing I want it to be thoughtful mm-hmm. and then very occasional time I do a podcast it, I do actually really enjoy that mm. but but I can't commit to it's going to be regular I can't commit yeah. to it I'm, I'm yeah. too chaotic but people can listen to your voice on Substack if they'd like yes, to. They can. they can read your posts. They can head over to your website and see your other bits and bobs. And <laughs> I would thoroughly they recommend be, that you do. They will be <laughs> amazed at how calm I seem because it's, it's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I've really enjoyed speaking to you in real time because I think it's that whole thing, isn't it? You feel like you have got to know somebody because of their online presence. And we know that's not real. We know there's like an energetic human. And obviously this is the next extension of that. If we ever meet in person, person that'll be a beautiful thing you should come Please. to Annick we're, we're having a story fest in February <laughs> um so there's Sharon Blackie and Emma Gannon's coming up I've got a gig there there's some other oh, good wow. writers and stuff. so it's February so if you fancy to train up we'd love to host um come see us but yes uh, my point is it's a whole other version isn't it when you zoom or when you meet people you know in person and I think all of that space I'm so grateful for teachers and mentors like you Susanna who help us to navigate it because it's not easy you know and we are looking for inspiration and to stay steady in our words and our pictures and how we share things so yes I'm very grateful for this conversation I'm very grateful for you and the space you take up in the world I've really enjoyed today thank you thank you I'll see you really soon